That seemed realistic, didn't it? That's very majestic. The way you did that was very majestic. I was trying to keep myself composed. But here we are, we're starting. Uh, I felt like that opening, we can see the opening. For those at home, we can see the opening. Mm -hmm. It looked really powerful. It was pretty cool. Yeah. We were, we've, we've been sitting we're, on that opening for like one year. Because we were, we're a little late on doing this. Are we going to, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I mean, this is a, I mean, it's a pretty loaded show. I think we're going to cover a few topics. We might even split this up into two episodes, depending on how much we talk about, and it'll give... That's probably a good idea. Yeah, and people could listen to more stuff, and I mean, if they even listen at all, just a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of couple guys talking about a shadow. A and bunch of couple guys? A bunch of couple guys. Anyway, you start, because you, uh, you're the guy. Am I? You're the old one, so... I am the old, the old one, capital the old, T. The old and wise capital one. Capital O, capital O, the old one. It was one year ago. We gathered in another place to do a podcast. Mm. That was, it was two places ago. That's the thing. Here's the reality. Okay, we'll start fresh. Roll that intro again, Jeremy. No, no, don't. I don't want to start at zero. <laughs> all right, Let's all right. cut to the cheese. Cool. Let's tell them the truth. Let's yeah. level with them. Let's level. Um, it was a year ago. We were in a different station, entirely different place. Adam and I gathered to do a podcast about the documentary that we're making on Shenmue. We had a lot of news at the time mm -hmm. because we had just made contact with WiseNet, with Yu Suzuki himself. Yeah, basically the, the, the guy behind everything Shenmue, yeah. the whole development team. Yeah. and We uh, sent them, well, I mean, we sent them uh, the pitch video, right? That was yeah, something that we kind of... We, did we keep that secret? There, at one point, wasn't that secret? Maybe it wasn't. I don't even remember. About the pitch video or about the, the WiseNet? The, the fact that we reached out to them, mm -hmm. sent them a video, yeah. and we had an appeal where yeah. we discussed what we planned to do, how we planned to do it. And uh, here's something you maybe don't know. That night that we shot that, um, for those of you at home who don't realize this, my right hand, uh, I have a syndrome called complex regional pain syndrome. And the day that we shot that, I had just come back from the hospital and I had had uh, uh, an IV. I had, in fact, I had an IV in that night, did I not? I yeah, think I so. Did. I, I remember, I remember you in a pretty rough looking shape. And I was, I had just had a, an antibiotic mm -hmm. IV and I was sick as a dog like i was really sick but we still nailed it and, and i think he could smell the desperation <laughs> so we sent him that video we would not show that here it's filled with stuff that is i don't know private but yeah, it's, it's between it's us personal, yeah. between us and you suzuki mm -hmm. but essentially what it was was us reaching out to them yeah officially and saying this is what we're doing uh with <clears throat> in regards to shenmue we're creating yeah. this Documentary, we have Adam, which is me. Hi. Uh, we have Adam is the fan who uh, originally set off on this journey to make this film about a game. Um, and we started this before the Kickstarter announcement. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that that's happened, things have changed. We have seen the value in this and we want to help Adam uh, take it a step further. Yeah. Now I'm speaking on your behalf. You or me, Randall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Probably they, probably they put our names up there. We wouldn't have to 
We never introduced ourselves. I think people, I mean... Our names are there, yeah. probably. Jeremy will have slipped them in, I'm sure. Adam. Randall. Yeah, Randall. Um, that document that we put together, that mm-hmm. video document, we sent it to Yu Suzuki. And do you remember what he said? He was thoroughly impressed. He said, all the decisions that you made, even the font, mm-hmm. he said that we, he, he loved what we did. Our approach was, in his mind, was very professional and uh, it showed a thoroughness that he, he really appreciated. And I remember him saying, the colors you chose, the font, like everything about our package mm-hmm. around that document, and that really made me feel good. And that was enough for him to say, you know what, let's uh, bring these guys into the fold and let's give them what they need to make this film. And so we started the process. Mm -hmm. We've shot footage. And then a year ago, right now, we gathered together to do some interviews Mm -hmm. and to record a podcast. In our first station, we call it the Stash, S-T-A-Y-S-H, Stash Life, hashtag Stash Life. Do you do that now? I think to the kids. Anybody like under 18, they do this. Do I they? Think. Yeah. It's at the I, like kids like me, under 18. Mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. sure. But we did that at the stage 1.0. And then I, I don't want to talk about it. I want you to say what happened. Tell the truth. There was, ladies and gentlemen, a fire. It engulfed. It literally, like, I, I don't know uh, what alarm the fire was, but it was enough multiple to... Multiple alarms, Multiple alarms. It was enough to destroy most of if not all the gear that was in like the central area the central gear area yeah and it i mean it was i remember driving home from work that day and getting a text from sarah and she was just like is any of your stuff at the stage right now i was like why what's i mean yes there's a few of my things there mm-hmm. and she's like uh, it burnt down there's a fire and it, it's gone and we were lucky that it didn't burn down it burned inside and mm-hmm. in fact we have a team in there still working away it took a long time to get all the insurance figured out and all the logistics. Anyway, I think that the material we worked on that night was destroyed. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it. No. There's no evidence that we did a podcast that night. So this is why we're back at it one year later. But um, there's more that happened in that year. Yeah. So the, the fire happened much after that. You went and you, you did another round of shooting. Mm-hmm. And that was when we were in L.A., Yes. Was that in June? Uh, I yeah, didn't even it was. It was in the summer. No, maybe. There's been so much. I, okay, I feel like there's just so much to talk about. We don't. I don't even know where to begin. We have, but, to, we have to start with that podcast that we did, where we interviewed your buddy. Yes. We interviewed your guy down south. Oh yeah, we interviewed a few key people. Yeah. 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 Well, I wouldn't say key people, but they were. They were they good. Were, interviews. They were interesting conversations. Very interesting yeah. conversations. Yeah. And well, by the way, that night. Mm-hmm. I was on opiates. Jeez, man. So I don't, I, don't, down. I don't get much response from opiates, but for my hand, which swells up and gets very painful, uh, I was taking this run of drugs, these opiates, and I don't get high from them, but mm-hmm. I remember sitting there and feeling like my heart is racing. <laughs> so in that podcast, if you had seen footage of that, I think there's even footage of me saying, turning to you and saying, I think my heart is racing. I think I might be. Yeah, I was like, it, opiates didn't make me slow down; it made me speed up. So we need if yeah. we need to get you more opiates if we're gonna. Finish I don't this think movie. we need. I don't think we need more. So aside from the opiation 
Mm-hmm. And aside from the podcast we did, we came out of February with a little head charge on, and we ended up within a few months going back to LA and shooting some more material. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about some of the people we shot with? Well, in LA, uh, for those that saw the pictures, we uh, redid a few interviews, like with Corey Marshall. You got Lisa Corey Lucasen, again. The voice actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys spoke to um, Michael Huber. We from, did. From Game Trailers. Yes, and we did. I, I mean, you guys probably know who Michael Huber is. Um, there's that famous E3 reaction clip uh, where Game Trailers is watching the conference, and as soon as that leaf drops, yeah. we see Michael get up and start slapping the table and screaming yeah. and freaking out, um, which was the reaction of so many of us. But uh, he was great. I mean, you guys talked mm-hmm. with him on the camera. I wasn't able to make that You one. weren't. But there were more things that we did during that trip, yeah. and we came back from that trip, and we think, okay, now we're going to start cutting, and we're going to reach out to Hideaki Morishita, mm-hmm. or Morishita, however, how does he say it? Hideaki Morishita? Mm, I never actually heard him pronounce his okay. last name, but I would say yes. He calls himself Harry. Harry. Let's yeah. say Harry. We reached out to Harry. We had a few Skypes back and forth, and yeah. we said, you know, and, and, and I reached out to, at the time, Adam Boyce, Gio Corsi at Sony. I said, are you guys interested in talking about this? They said, yeah, let's figure something out. We'll talk. At least they were interested in listening. They made no commitments. I wouldn't say that there was any anything decided in any way. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Skyping with Harry a few times, I think Harry and I hit it off, and we had a chance to Skype with you, Suzuki, which was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the, the first time we actually had that face-to-face yeah. after the video, which was really cool. It was cool. And, and we thought, okay, we have a plan. Mm-hmm. And the plan... <laughs> Fell apart immediately <laughs> yes. because it turns out, I don't know if the people at home know this, uh, guys in the audience, making video games is hard and it takes a long time. Yeah, apparently. And really making documentaries relies on the people making the video games. So our timetable is their timetable now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, more or less. And I mean, the fact also that they're in Tokyo. I mean, it's, What? Yeah. Well, we should go over there, shouldn't we? Or should, oh, somebody should have somebody gone there. Somebody should. Oh, wait a minute. Segway. Adam. I got, went I, got to, I got this in Japan. Adam went to Tokyo. Yeah. I now, did. originally, we had planned that we would all go. That was the shoot. original plan, yes. So my trip was, um, I like to say it was productive. It was uh, entertaining for me. It was also more of a reconnaissance mission. It was. Because, you know, it was, it was our first time actually <clears> meeting <throat> them in person. Um, I mean, it would have been asking too much for a crew of like four people to show up at their studio without having met any of them in person in the first place and just start shooting everything and asking to see this and that. Um, So it was kind of a slow build. Yeah. Um, Now, we should maybe say this. Exactly one year ago when we did that podcast. Yes. I also started another documentary on the history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That's right, you did. And we kick-started that, and it was very successful, and we started making that documentary. So we put some time and money and energy into that doc, and we lined, that's why we were in L.A. to shoot some of the Shenmue material. We were cross-shooting, and we were building towards us getting a team to go in September. And it was Harry who said, maybe this isn't the right time, but... I think it was important that you went because of what you were asked to go and enjoy. And even as a fan, not just as a filmmaker, but Mm -hmm. as a fan, you got involved in something where I think your fandom crossed over with your professional filmmaking and you really had uh, like a 
a big bite over there, didn't you? Yeah, um, it was it was an experience that uh, I was pretty humbled to, I guess. I was that I was allowed to go into their space where they were developing the game, and um, I mean my time there was limited, but I they were showing me around the studio. I got to see some of the behind the scenes development, um, and I, I mean I got to document what I could. They were showing mm -hmm. me some archival stuff, which I mean as a fan and as a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker is like the coolest thing you could possibly get because it's just. It's, it's, it is just golden material that you could use it's for the, something like this. It's the stuff that we always need, isn't yeah. it? You, you know, when you make you a doc... You can never have enough archival stuff. Never. When never. you make a documentary, you talk to people, you show something happening, mm -hmm. and you need archives. You need yep. footage. What's the B-roll? What are we going to show to show the development of this game? What are we going to show to, you know, depict the stages that led to the game coming out, and you saw all that material. Yeah, so there's been, like, I don't even want to say baby steps, like toddler steps, maybe. You know what, I think that was a big step. Yeah. When did you actually go? September what? Uh, it was the first week of September. And who was it that invited you? Well, he's a guy that we will be seeing on another podcast, but you know him on the Shenmue Dojo as Peter. He's Ireland's biggest Shenmue fan, a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And he invited me as his uh, plus one because he was one of the recipients for the uh, $10,000 tier of the, the dinner and tour with Yu Suzuki in, uh, in Tokyo. Why don't we just say that again one more time? The $10,000 tier for the real Shenmue Yeah, family. I mean, God bless Peter, man. He had to jump through some serious hurdles to make that happen. Like, um, he was telling me the Kickstarter was a surprise. I mean, obviously, he didn't see that yes. coming. So when he saw that opportunity, he basically went above and beyond to just, in those 30 days, you know, did what he had to do to kind of get the funding wow. together and probably put himself in the red a little bit. But, I mean, it was... For me, it was worth it. For him, I mean, I think it's something that he'll never forget. It has to be a once-in-a-lifetime a once opportunity. Yeah, not just to go for to Japan, real. but to interact with the people that we interacted with. And so, I mean, for people who don't know, what, what actually happened? Can you, can you go through, and, and by the way, can you cut in footage from it into this? We can. So you could show right now, we might be able to throw to some of this footage eventually, but for people who aren't really sure, it was a, a, a tier of reward at the very highest level that allowed you to go to a dinner, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that tier got three people plus one guest to go to Japan to go um, have dinner with Yu Suzuki and some of the team, as well as uh, Yusun will take you on a tour of some kind of like historical parts of Japan. So we went to uh, Kamakura to see some of like the old Shinto temples. Mm -hmm. um, we went to Chinatown in, I believe it was Yokohama. Uh, there was a few places like that, but it was, it was a solid afternoon of just traveling around on a bus with uh, the guy who made, you know, all of our collective favorite video games of all time. And, That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. The sites he took us to, I mean, they weren't directly related to anything Shenmue specific. It was just really cool hanging out with them. And if Yusan takes you to a place, it's related to Shenmue. I guess so. Because it's in his psyche, right? Well, it's he did mention when we went to Chinatown, he was pulling a lot of um, the influences he got on Shenmue 2. He was like, I love 
you know, Shenmue 2 is set in China, and me coming here to Chinatown, I did this as a lot growing up. It's I really like the Chinese culture. It's it's I'm, I like to learn as much as I can about it. He was really into that aspect of of life. So um, you could see it on his face when we were walking around. He was just you know, a place that he's been hundreds mm. of times before, and he was really excited to just show us some of his favorite things. So this is kind of another element of fan community that a lot of people at home maybe don't know about. Everybody listening to this is a Shenmue fan. They know about it. Maybe. So, <laughs> maybe probably. This uh, kind of internet culture that comes out into real life, the person you stayed with, right? Like the... The, the guy that invited you there. These are all people you only know online, right? Uh, yes. Really? Yes, really. And then you go to another country and you participate in this really, you know, unique experience with these people from the internet who become real people to you. You share in this incredible moment and you're there with, you know, the team that made this game. If we never make the dock... And if the community, we will, just so you know. <laughs> I was going to say, we can we will. backtrack? Because, but yes, we this will. is something that when we made the, the turtle dock, turtle power, um, we would always have this conversation. Mark and Isaac and I would be in a vehicle driving somewhere, and Isaac would be worrying what happens if we don't sell it? What happens if nobody wants it? What happens if we can't finish? What happens if, like, anything, the, a tornado hits us and we're all dead, dead you know? The answer is that the ride has to be what you want. The ride has to be the enjoyable part. And when you think about the community that at one point you're just putting messages into a message board and listening to people and talking, and then all of a sudden you're interviewing them, and then all of a sudden you're going with them on this journey. This is pretty exciting stuff. It's really, really interesting. It's all, it's all steps that are eventually leading to this finished product that I guess we could both call the Shenmue documentary that we've been working on. I Yes, but it's also, it's the reason why we do this. It's that. That, to me, is the reason why. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we started working on Turtle Doc. We mm-hmm. call it Turtle Doc. It's called Turtle Power. It's probably on Canadian and UK Netflix. I don't think it's on American Netflix. You can probably see it on uh, American YouTube. Go to the Paramount, uh, Paramount channel on YouTube. So... We make this documentary, Turtle Power, and we become friendly with Kevin and Peter, Eastman and Laird, and we make other friends in the turtle world who have become friends. And, you know, you go to whatever event, uh, Comic-Con or wherever we go, we see those people, and it's become more than just that, right? If we hadn't made that doc, we wouldn't know those people. We wouldn't have done those things. And all of a sudden, you know, you realize this is actually the goal of doing these things. We, we want to put out a documentary at the end, but the documentary is a byproduct of this thing that happens. I believe this. And I call it the sandwich. Mm-hmm. You enjoy the sandwich, and that's the, the, in the moment of doing it, you realize this is what it's about. And when you went to Japan, that's what I mean. If we don't ever make that documentary, you went to Japan... And you did this. I see what you're saying. Right? Japan was my sandwich. It's your sandwich. My sandwich. And your sandwich happened like to be that. potentially... That's deep. That's good. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's critical. And no, it's true. I, I do understand what you're saying. Because it's like, what's the point of, of doing any of this if there's no personal satisfaction in it? And I think that also comes across in the work, too. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no formula that you could follow to just make these things. If you want to say, I want to make a documentary about this, I have to, you know, I make a list. If, if, you, if you don't, 
throw yourself into it and go on those journeys, you know, where are you going to pull the inspiration from? Well, think about this. You're a Shenmue fan. I'm not. I've never played the game. How dare you? I've never played the game, but I can't. Right? Um, Opiates in the hand. No. No. I can't play the game because I'm making this documentary from a different place. You know what I mean? I wasn't a Turtle fan. I'm not a He-Man fan. You know what I mean? That I'm a filmmaker who I go into this subject and I immerse myself in the subject in a way that you wouldn't do if it was just you, right? Yes. So what happens for me is I, I go into an interview, like when I interviewed Peter Moore, you weren't there. You couldn't be there. So Even if I was, the, <laughs> I wouldn't, I, and I see where you're getting at. Right. If it was just me coming from it as a diehard Shenmue fan, I would not have asked the right questions. Well, I don't have. say right. You wouldn't have asked the same questions. This, so I, exactly. I come yeah. at it from a different place. So to go back to my original theory, for me, the discovery in that conversation and the peeling back the layers, mm-hmm. I learn about the subject from a very uh, uh, information-based place. Like I come at it like it's a subject matter and I research and learn about the subject matter and then I go and talk to these people and in that moment I'm creating the connection live it's happening right there in that conversation so this idea of the sandwich being the reward is literally happening on a day-to-day basis for me if we're editing the Shenmue documentary and we haven't done this yet but when we're in a place and we're editing what's happening is we're having connections right in front of us that are very real and entertaining in that moment. You know what I mean? We're not making the end result first. We're doing the thing that we're doing. Right now we're having this conversation about Shenmue. But what we're doing isn't about Shenmue. It's about this. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. So that approach has been critical for me. Uh, And the seeing you go to Japan, I'm not going to say like I'm like your dad and I'm proud. I'm old enough to be his dad. Uh, But I, I said, man, that's... This is exactly what you want when you do these docs, yeah. right? This, the day before I interviewed Peter Moore, at, uh, we drove up to San Francisco and interviewed Peter Moore. We left John Milius's house. John Milius, who wrote Apocalypse Now. Oh, that now. was the same day? Yeah. Oh, wow. John Milius, who was the director of Conan the Barbarian. And we were at his house and we spent the day with him and we had pizza for supper. And then we got in a truck and drove to San Francisco, That's went so to bed, cool. woke up and went to Electronic Arts. Oh, I wish I could have been there. Dude. Dude. Right? <laughs> so what you have to say is, I, I, I don't care what else happens to me in a way. You know what I mean? I'm in that day and I'm loving that day. Mm-hmm. And then when we go to meet Peter Moore and we start to uncover through conversation who he is and what he's thinking and where he was with Xbox. You know what I mean? Like all these things start happening in a way that that thing that's happening is the reward. Guess what? And there's footage in the can. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Guess what? And we keep going. And and then eventually that documentary is out there and the fans watch it and they may, may like it and they may not like it. But what they see in a way is the 
direct result of us participating in something that we're really enjoying every moment as we go. And that is the ultimate goal of doing these yeah. things. Critical. It's Critical. the journey, it's the sandwich, it's the end result, yeah. it's the trifecta. In your case, it's the you you went to Japan mm -hmm. and you got to be in the place where the thing you really enjoy was created and there's the creator and you got to be a meme Sitting, no, let's not talk about it. We're talking about let's it. Let's not talk about it. Sitting that. there looking at stuff that everybody at home wishes they could see, right? And mm -hmm. the curtain gets pulled back, and Adam goes inside, and then it gets closed again. That's yeah. exciting. I mean, I was part of the select few that got to see uh, whatever was on. I'm not even going to say, but what no, was on. Say. I can't say, but what was on that laptop. Um, and yeah, so that that's that's me. That's me living it part of that journey um, yeah. and not just what happened there on the bus with the laptop but going to the place where they're making the game and and seeing some of that happen and even though it was just a little taste it was enough um, at that point to just take back here and and see what we had and it was good to lay the groundwork so we could be like okay um, as I'm cutting this thing here are the gaps you know because mm -hmm. you said before that we haven't, I mean, I have been cutting. No, we haven't. We what haven't, I meant no. is, there, okay, for people at home, mm. <laughs> let's do the, let's do the two Randall's shot, trying Jeremy. to say, so we're not working on the movie at all. We're just no. talking about it. There's a process that happens. Um, if you came to my house and you said, I'm going to make a movie with you, what do you do? What's your skill set? Well, I do a certain number of things that lead to an end result. The end result has to be from his passion and from my more academic or more uh, outsider's perspective, right? I yeah. come in it from the outside and I go in. He's on the inside and he comes out. And so the, you want to meet in meet that happy in middle. The middle. Yeah. And he's going to make a cut that I don't decide. And the reason why I can't decide on that original cut is because it has to come from that place of passion. Yeah. So he makes a cut, and I would call that a fat cut, a rough assembly, whatever. And he might even show up and say, I have a six-hour cut. I can't get it any less than that. Yeah, and you're going to go lose this, That's drop right. that, move that, lose this, lose this. Why is this here? This should be here. That's right. And yeah. that, and I, until we get there, I can't be in the edit. I, you know what I mean? Like, if I mm -hmm. get start to get attached in there where you are... Yeah. We lose that creative struggle yeah, that we need. Yeah, it's kind of that, that too many cooks thing. That's right. right? You kind of want to let let basically me do my thing you before coming to. to you, and then then we do it together, it and then you begin to act as an advocate for that passion, right? So you would say, "Oh no, this has to be here because this connects to this, connects to that," and then I go, "What yeah. if?" Blah blah blah, and then yeah. you go. Oh, because that outside perspective yeah. gives it some authority that you wouldn't have when the way I would word it is you're too close to the fire. Yeah, yeah. it was like when I showed you the uh, the second process teaser that um, that we want to I guess get out eventually. Yeah. Um, and it was I remember towards the end it was I I uh, brought up the Shenmue theme song and you're like what the hell is this like this lose that that's kind of weird that's a weird well, piece of music and i was like no that's the music that's from right. shenmue this makes the ending to be fair it wasn't that i said lose that i said that's over the top right like yeah I said, it's, a, it's a little that's too, too much for that much, moment and yeah. you said no, no 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 it's that music yeah but if you don't have like i know someone at home would say well lob has to know everything about it to do this no 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 danger mm -hmm. Danger. <laughs> then you have a fan service doc that's checklisting, right? Yeah. Got that, got that, got that, got yeah. that, got that. Done. Which 
probably, I mean, I don't want to say it would have been that no. if it was just me, but it, there would be, uh, it would be more of that if it was just me doing this before getting involved. With There's the a higher chance. A higher chance, yeah. Yeah, and it's only natural. Like, it, it makes total sense. I would probably do the same if I was doing a documentary on David Bowie or something that I was really passionate about. For, sorry about that, hitting that. For my whole life, you know? And I would think, oh, we have to have this, we have to have this, we have to have that. And I might lose the, the storyline, the narrative thread that really pulls this together. Mm -hmm. The reality is, if we made a six-hour cut of a documentary that went into detail and we put it out for Shenmue fans, they would probably like it. I would watch a six-hour documentary on David Bowie. I would watch a 10-hour documentary <laughs> on David Bowie, right? Like, uh, there's no end to how much... Did you watch Stranger Things? I did. Would you have watched another two hours? Definitely. Yes, easily. exactly. Yeah. So, for the deep fan, there's no end. We'll, I will never get tired of the things that I love, yeah. and I will want to see more of those yeah. things. So somebody has to go <clears throat> and speak for the fan who is just flipping through and goes, Shenmue, what's that? And falls into the movie. Mm -hmm. And you have that compelling narrative that might pull, you know, your wife in, my wife in. Yeah. Girlfriend, wife, yeah. fiance. Fiance. Uh, and, but that's why we have things like uh, extended cuts, director's that's cuts, right. special editions. Uh, I mean, which is something that we have talked about doing. And, you know, why, we, why put this hour, limit us to an hour and a half long documentary we that we just throw yeah. into the ether? Yeah. You know, let's use all this footage we have to, you know, offer, offer the fans more so they have something tangible. They have something more. But we save that for the next one. The next podcast we'll discuss that. Ooh. So you come back from Japan, and you had about how much footage, would you say? Um, at least a good couple hours. So you had two solid hours of... I would, I would of, even say more. Oh, no, factor in the interviews. I'm going to say I had about four hours altogether. Four hours of sort of um, participatory fan mm -hmm. filmmaker fi fun. Yeah. Basically, fun stuff. Um, then... You show us what you've got. We talk about doing more podcasts and we're going to get started and do it. And then the fire. Yes. It's literally within about three weeks of you coming back. Wait, wasn't when, it? what was the date of the fire? October 20th. Yeah, that was, uh, that was less than a month. Yeah, because I remember we talked, we were, Mark and I were in a very busy time period and we were going back and forth about when can we get together? We got to get going. Yes, yes, we agree. We got to get going. <laughs> yep. We were making a list of things. You gave me that list of things. Making a list, checking it twice, doing all that stuff. And, and then, then the fire. The fire yeah, happens. That happened. We lose a bunch of stuff. For those of you who don't know, I guess there's the single. For those of you <laughs> that don't know, we had batteries that exploded and they do that. And the batteries burst and we had... Uh, an old train station built in about 1910. And this train station is double wall brick, double brick, whatever they call it, double butt brick. Jeremy, what do they call that? Yep, that's right. Brick that is not fireproof. Multiply bricked walls. Sure. And inside that brick, there was uh, a drop ceiling in two areas. And then this center room. The fire was in the center room and in the corner of the center room. And the fire went up very quickly, and it was about to catch, period. Like, the whole thing was about to go up. We had sound foam all in the inside of that center room, mm -hmm. and the sound foam burned very quickly, yep. and that might have actually saved the day. Because it burned so quickly and went around, maybe it didn't develop. I don't know, I'm guessing here. I'm not wow. a firefighter. I'm speculating. The firefighter showed up because our co-op student was there by himself, 
in a room with no other escape except to go right past the fire. The door opened at the side of the fire. So he opens the door only because smoke was coming under the door because the smoke alarm didn't go off. Oh, my so God. he kicks the door open and walks out, sees what's going on, realizes, I can't go back in there. We have this on video. He runs out. He calls 911. Firefighters come. Firefighters say, this is done. We're going to lose the whole building. Somehow they made those buildings beautifully. They created this little chimney. So they opened one area, opened another area, put the water in. I showed up. I was doing a, a speaking engagement with Mark at the time. I threw my key to Mark. He drove away. I did the keynote speech. Showed up in time to see all the firefighters there having put most of the fire out. But there was about, they had to water the whole inside, inside of the uh, attic. And it would have destroyed all our collectibles. Yeah. I mean, mine. it's also worth mentioning. I mean, it's kind of obvious because we wouldn't be doing this anymore if it was. Mm -hmm. But all the hard drives were in a separate room. Not to mention, I mean, I had a backup. I had two backups. Yes. But so there were about 30 terabytes or 40 terabytes. We saved stuff off-site. Mostly, we lost some stuff, but we didn't lose all the data. Mm -hmm. But here's what happened. We get there. I get there. Mark's there. And I see Mark going in and out. And I go and say to the firefighters, we've got data in there. Mark already told them that. But I said, I have all this art and comics, collectibles. And I say, what about that? And they go, we're going to flood the whole place with water, all that stuff's going to get wrecked. And the firefighters said, we'll grab it. So they went in and grabbed stuff and brought it all out. And I taught, sorry about that. I taught about half of the firefighters, high school teacher by day at the time. <laughs> and uh, we pulled the stuff out. It's mostly on the wall over there. We oh, tried to beautiful. rehab it, had to rip the frames apart, lost a bunch of comics, lost and damaged collectibles. Those are curling and some are rotten and all that, but we put them up anyway. Yeah. And... Um, look at all the material, take up all our losses, go to a new space, start rebuilding, and here we are in our third space. Yeah, because we, we totally overlooked the second space, but there was a little... Uh, yeah. Yeah, there, there was a second space. It was small, short-lived, but I like, I like what you guys did yeah. with the place. This is nice. We have Ruben in the corner playing, playing the Oculus, Oculus Rift. I mean, this place is huge. It's great. You got a lot of cool stuff. We have all the stuff, and now we're rebuilding, and we are starting to go back into Shenmue. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to do this <laughs> podcast, to catch everybody up and say, okay. Yeah, so this is what we've been up to. Uh, I guess that's what we talked about. This is what we've been up to, and then um, this is what we're going to be doing. Well, why don't we save that for the next podcast? Yeah.